was your initial reaction once the Suns matched the pace was off? I was happy. It was all done, I guess. That's it? Yep. Okay. Yeah, media day around the NBA. There were a lot of players around the league that garnered attention. Kyrie Irving certainly was one of them. Kevin Durant was one of them. But uh, in our backyard... It was DeAndre Ayton who got a lot of attention for what he didn't say or how he didn't act. Yeah. Uh, it, you know, you can't tell there, obviously, just playing a soundbite of it, but if you watch the video, DeAndre Ayton was not himself. Um, maybe this is the new DeAndre Ayton. He says he's locked in. He said he was happy there. Whether or not that is true, we will find out once the ball uh, get, gets uh, tossed up for for a jump ball, but... Um, that was certainly a different look and demeanor for DeAndre Ayton on media day, which was weird considering all the other strange factors surrounding media day for the Suns yesterday. Oh, yeah. No, listen. I, so I think that I think people have pointed out that, you know what, you, you don't. It, DeAndre Ayton isn't always full bore goofy. It, it, that's not the way he is. In fact, I rela- I've related a couple of times during last year play, last year's postseason when when a lot of stuff was going on in the background that we did not know about that DA wasn't really interested in engaging with the media. So I saw both both sides of that, and I think people have pointed out that there's he can be a little un- unpredictable in these settings, but to be that way on media day, you're making a statement. You're saying something without saying something. Yeah, I mean, there's you can't deny that, and you can't convince me otherwise. If this was any other media gathering, any other practice, nobody would care. But the fact that this is media day and he chose to act like that, there's a reason for it. There is. Again, we don't know what the reason in reason is. It's up for speculation. But look at history. Yes, it was a it was a strange path for DeAndre Ayton to get what he wanted. He had to go to restricted free agency. He had to get an offer sheet from the Indiana Pacers. The Suns matched it in minutes. Um, but you would think that a guy who just got his, his second contract, his first huge contract in the NBA, coming back, having that out of the way, and uh, you know, on the first day of availability, mm-hmm. that's pretty much the definition of a clean slate. Yeah. Yeah. But something was lingering. Something was so, there. Right. So it, is it that DeAndre Ayton is unhappy that the Suns matched the contract? I don't know. He seemed sure pretty happy that day when they sort of staged something. There, it wasn't a was press it, conference. A video, yeah. It was a video. Mm-hmm. He, he didn't look dissatisfied then. Um, so has something happened, or is it just an acknowledgement that he knows that that this thing is breaking apart? I mean, maybe he sees the Jay Crowder thing. Maybe he knows that they might be coming to me and asking me to waive my no trade. I don't know. I don't know what it means. Can I uh, Can I offer maybe another suggestion on could. what could happen? Yeah, I wish you would. Was that just, hey, this is my first real press availability since last season's meltdown. Uh, there were a lot of people because it was a it was a visual thing. And the way Monty Williams reacted to DeAndre Ayton getting benched in that game seven, mm-hmm. it didn't paint DeAndre in the best light. Did and he not. took a lot of criticism for it. In my opinion, unfairly, that was Same. a team failure. Was that DeAndre Ayton saying, this is my first dealing with you as, as a media group? This is me showing my disdain for the treatment I got after that. That might be. Yeah, no, listen, that, that might be. And who knows, that might actually be something good for him to, to be less goofy. I don't know. 
I, I, I don't know what it means in the long run, but I do think that if you were looking for the vibes from this basketball team that we've had the couple last couple years, you did, that wasn't it. The, the vibes were weird enough yesterday where some people, and I'm talking about national NBA experts saying, mm-hmm. yeah, there's something up with this team. Well, because well, yeah. DA, there's nobody who, who sort of encapsulates the vibes sort of term more than DA. Well, I, I think Mikhail Bridges but, is but, probably but, that guy. But, but yeah, I, I mean I specifically kind of saying. specifically in like post game interviews and stuff and, and pre game interviews, his goofiness to the point where we criticize him sometimes for being too goofy mm-hmm. in serious situations, DA. Yeah. For him to sound so low energy and almost depressed. I mean play more cu- cuts, but it it just didn't sound like him. Well, yeah. Play more cuts. Yeah, here's let's, uh, let's hear him. Here he is talking about hey, what's next for you with the contract out of the way. He's getting better and winning. Um, backing it up. Um, you know, just continuing to win and, you know, just just be a part of the league when it just comes to winning and just, you know, just being that big piece. Yeah, he was asked, like, what he worked on. He said he worked on e- on everything. Uh, teammates were asked about him. <laughs> Cam Johnson was asked about, hey, DA is a little cranky. What was up with that? I know he's focused. He's been in the gym with us every day, working, um, expanding his game, improving on the things that he's already good at. And, and he's just, like I say it all the time, like he's, a, he's a 2K creative player. Like, when kids go into the game and create the player, they look like DeAndre, seven-foot strong, can do everything, um, and, and so his potential is unlimited. So I, I expect him to just have kind of a laser-like focus this year and continue to get better, as he has been. All right, let's do a little comparison. We All can right. go back to DeAndre Ayton back in May, the May 12th, going into Game 7, uh, which was a pretty stressful time for the Phoenix Suns. This mm-hmm. is this is what DA sounded like. Oh, it means a lot. Um, you know, to finally have that... Uh you know, that, that grit to where, not to say I don't have the grit or the team doesn't have the grit, but knowing that this could be the last game. And, you know, um, the only time I've had that feeling was, you know, last year in the finals. And, you know. All right, you kind of get the point. Just, you hear the tone. You hear the energy yeah, right. and the voice, right? Yeah, um, right. Here's uh, DeAndre Ayton talking about what he did to relieve stress this offseason. I have a son. Uh, um, I waste my energy and my patience with him. And I'd be in the gym. You know, I have a team that I trust. You know, I, I let them deal with the stress levels. And I hold up my end of, uh, up in a bargain on the court. I will say this. D- DA mm-hmm. is very much a, a damned if you do, damned if you don't player. And, and Jarrett kind of hit on it. He comes out and he's goofy and he's fun-loving and he's dancing before games and in high-pressure situations. And he gets criticism because maybe he didn't score 25 points in that game. Yesterday, he comes out a little dour a little downtrodden in a in a situation where maybe the Suns organization was probably looking for some some uplifting moods, <laughs> considering yeah. the, the plight that they're in right now, and he doesn't do it. So now but again, he's unhappy and okay. he wants out on January fifteenth. I mean, we'll see I'm how this shakes out. I'm not saying you're wrong. Yeah. I, you're right about that. That there is a damned if you do, damned if you don't element. But he chose to cast that vibe yesterday. He did. You're, you're exactly and it's right. Media day. It's yes. a different platform. Yes. So he he is trying to express. It, it, we're not un necessarily reading into something he's trying to express something yes and whether that is I, I am no longer a frivolous joyful dude i have learned the hard way the business of the nba and i'm gonna go about i'm gonna go out and kick ass on my own terms or he's saying get ready phoenix because this is kind of the way i'm gonna be for the next few months we'll see yep 
Uh, Devin Booker was uh, asked about uh, DeAndre Ayton's offseason. I'm excited for him. You know, I know that's a you know weight lifted off his shoulders. Um, kind of back to the Jay situation, you understand that this isn't just basketball. It comes down to business at some points also. And, you know, the only way you can learn and understand those situations if you're in them, you know, and I think he learned a lot. You know, I think both sides learned a lot. And, you know, he got his money, he got his max, and now he can just go out there and play and not have to, you know, think about it. Yeah, you just, I mean, you do have to wonder, though. It's its fair to wonder what's going through DeAndre Ayton's mind yeah, to, to make that decision. Did he ultimately want out of town? Uh-huh. Was things, was, was the situation fractured enough to where Indiana sounded like the place for him to get the same amount of money? Um because let's let's be honest here. If if you interpreted the end of the season as man that that's wrong, they played me dirty, which I think a lot of us do feel that they unnes- unfairly overblamed Da for Game Seven and what happened in the playoffs, right? Yeah. And if you've got the Pacers who are saying we love you, we want you, the Suns never negotiated with him. The Suns could have brought it. They all they did was match an offer sheet. So to me, if you were DeAndre Ayton and you were being objective about this, there's a big difference into the in into the vibe of each respective potential employer. And so that this is it's not surprising what happened yesterday because there are real consequences to this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But and and again, Tim Ring's got a source that said the Suns don't even want him anymore or didn't want him. So I, who knows where this thing is going, man? Yep. Uh, one more from Aiton. What are you going to see from him this season? His relentlessness. Um, you know, um, just being that player I always wanted to be ever since I got drafted. Um, you know, uh, I won't say there's no pressure coming off of me. It's just I uh, finally feel like, you know, you know, I'm older now and, you know, there's it's no more taking baby steps. It's just going out and taking what's yours. If you just read those quotes on a page... And if you have been a DeAndre Ayton critic, you'd be like, oh, cool, relentlessness? That was his answer? That's awesome. That's what he gets knocked for the most, is you'll see glimpses of it, yeah, and then it, and then it fades. But yeah. then you hear the tone attached to it. Well, and even in the good days, he always talked a big game about, yes. I'm going to go wreck this and wreck that and do this and dominate and, and all that. So, so it, it, it's, <laughs> it's remarkable, man. The, the, vi- the vibes from this basketball team, dramatically different than a year ago at this time. Dramatically. But it's, it's, and again, it's not necessarily a bad thing. Uh, if, if that culture was that fragile by the end of last year, then, then maybe they need to kind of, change this up a little bit so we'll see it, it's just it's just very very different it's <laughs> they're not going to vibe their way to a title like we thought they were last year just put it that way well and that's one of the things too you have to wonder about the crowder situation with him removed from the mix does that improve this 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 damaged chemistry at all i mean this is a team that has said all the right things and they've had a lot of guys make a lot of money chris paul got a huge contract devin booker got a supermax deandre ayton got paid mikel bridges got paid cam johnson's about to get paid the head coach got an extension um you know jay crowder was was worried about his extension where you know despite those those contracts being handed out the message was always the same we're working towards one goal 
So if you move Jay Crowder from that mix, does that improve things? We'll, it, we'll see. It's an interesting soup to start the uh, season. Soup, Jared. Yeah, I stir wanted, it up. Come I wanted, on, Jared. I wanted to get Jared. Stir that soup. <laughs> Coming up next, still a lot of talk about Isaiah Simmons and why he can't get on the field on a regular basis for the Arizona Cardinals the last two weeks. We'll tell you what the head coach had to say about it next. Bickley and Murata mornings, ninety-eight seven FM, Arizona Sports Station. Yeah, I think he had another really, really good outing, and, and he'll continue to do that. And, and his practice practices have been really good the last two weeks, and I think the game's slowing down for him, and he's flying around and making plays. And, and that's the expectation, and I expect his role to continue to increase as as he continues to, to make those big strides that he's made. Cliff Kingsbury, the head coach of the Cardinals, on with Wolf and Luke yesterday talking about third-year linebacker Isaiah Simmons, who... Uh, let's just let's let's look at the track record this year. Uh, week one, he was bestowed a a great deal of responsibility as the communicator on defense. Played a large uh, a large role, a, a great number of snaps defensively in that game against Kansas City. Struggled mightily last two weeks. You know, we've heard glowing reviews about how Isaiah Simmons has practiced, but we've also heard conflicting reports. Did he not play a lot about uh, against Las Vegas and the Rams because of poor practice habits? That seems to be, you know, one side of the coin. The other side of the coin is what Cliff Kingsbury is saying. He's having great practices and he's playing great. Then you'd like to see a first-round draft pick made in the last three years on the on the field more than fifteen snaps a game. Yeah, that's right. And so I think his snap went his snap count went up by one from Vegas to Los Angeles, which isn't a lot. So when you hear Cliff Kingsbury describe him as a guy who's flying around the field making plays, uh, do you find that insulting? Because that's not what's happening. He made the play against Vegas. He forced the fumble. He did. I didn't notice him. On Sunday, uh, did he did he do anything at all that that caught your attention against the Rams? No, 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 you did not. And so, so to continue to paint him as something he's not, I this football team might want to stop doing that because it just it it's furthering the disconnect with fans who are seeing one thing with their eyes and being a told another thing by the organization. Well, even last year there were you know there there was frustration because of the uneven amount. Although he played uh, you know quite a bit last year, but. Mm-hmm. When you had somebody who was as important to the defense as Jordan Hicks was here, you felt a little bit better about things. But when Isaiah Simmons isn't on the field, and I don't mean to knock these guys, but you're talking about two newcomers in, in Nick Vigil and, and Ben Neiman. Mm-hmm. They're getting snaps. They're getting about the equal number of snaps right now as Isaiah Simmons. They are not big parts of the future, potentially, for the no. Arizona Cardinals. You want to see the big parts of your future potentially play big roles and get better. And I think, you know, this is this is partially an Isaiah Simmons thing, but I think he's just been tinkered with and messed with so much in his three years with the Cardinals that the kid's head is still spinning. Well, and and Cliff Kingsbury was asked that last week, and his response was, he's the one giving us whiplash. Mm-hmm. Remember that yes. statement? And so right, I, I do agree with you. I think in terms of... In terms of uh coherent player development we this is not one of Arizona's strengths we have seen them struggle mightily to develop draft picks and put too much on their plate then pull back and then give them another shot at this and then pull back there's got to be a better way there really is when you because step back and look at the lack of contributors on this football team from just the last three drafts which are not even considered the dark era of Steve Kimes wretched draft history <laughs> it's not 
That was in the, I don't even know what those years were, but there was a period of years that were even worse than the last three years. But look at the last three years. And, and so, again, this is, this is why this football team is just heading in the wrong direction. There's just no depth and no development and no layers of, of homegrown players. So, uh, so to get to Isaiah Simmons, this is a franchise that labeled him a star backer. And again, somebody explained to me why he was introduced with the starters last week when he was a bit player in the game plan. What what are they trying to accomplish? Let's throw him in the introductions, and then maybe people won't realize he's not on the field. Or, or let's or or is he that sensitive that that we're going to lose him if we don't treat him like a, a budding star? I, I don't I don't get it. I, I really don't. I this the, the development of this kid. It's I I had from the day he was drafted, uh, my just the overarching concern was: could somebody who was that good at so many things in college be great in the, in the NFL? Where you have to be great at something, you can't just be good at everything in college and think you're going to do the same thing in the NFL. Everybody you're going up against was the best player on their team in high school. Everybody, most everybody, yeah. And and so and, and so in that regard, it's you've got to you got to realize that, and then you've got to make sure he's great at something, and then and then for them to throw him that throw that dot and those responsibilities on him. I mean, like, what are they doing? Yeah. Kyle Vandenbosch, uh, who's part of the Cardinals radio network, was on with Wolf and Luke yesterday, and he uh, has a keen eye when he looks at how defenses operate, and he shared what he thinks is going on with Simmons. Uh, everything Vance Joseph, Coach Kingsbury, is saying is that you know he's practicing hard, he's, he's preparing well, and then um, he's, he's just, you know, for the most part, not a factor on the last two Sundays other than the big play at the end of the Raiders game. Um, it, you know, to me, it's, it, it's baffling. Um, I can only be left to assume this all has to do with practice habits and, and preparation or it doesn't make sense. Yeah, but again... If so the, then, there, then there's that. So if it's practice habits... All right, continue. What were you going to say? But if, if the practice habits are that bad, why is he even getting 15 snaps? Don't you send a message? Yes. It's this, yes. It's this mixed messaging that yes. and, and if, weird. And if the practice habits are that bad, why are you tolerating it? If it's, the practice habits were that bad, how did they give him the green dot? They gave him the green dot at the end of an entire offseason where he presumably practiced. Because they, they don't saw him in practice, have, right? Because they don't have suitable replacements. It, it just, it's yeah. It's look, I'm I'm going down a rabbit hole here, and, and I'm we're only three weeks oh, into the season yeah. here, and we'll but, have more but, discussions on practice and habits coming up this week too. By the way, yeah, <laughs> the Wednesday practice is always an interesting one for this team. Uh, it's time for character counts, presented by Parker and Sons Cooling, Plumbing, Heating, and Electrical. Arizona Cardinals tight end Zach Ertz and his wife Julie are pledging to provide half a million meals in an effort to fight hunger in Arizona. The Ertz Family Foundation teamed up with the Athletes Corner for the second consecutive year as part of their Score More and Feed More initiative, which helps give meals for every touchdown the Cardinals score. Last season, the initiative uh, saw the initiative provide 150,000 meals to Arizona food banks, and the Ertz family wants to more than triple that this year. 
uh, said Zach Ertz. We are passionate about doing all we can to support the children and families who are affected by food insecurity in our home state of Arizona, and we are excited to support as many people as possible through our Score More and Feed More initiative. Character Counts is brought to you by... Parker and Sons Cooling, Plumbing, Heating, and Electrical, and they're looking for their next student athlete to win a $10,000 scholarship. Text character to 620-620 to nominate a student today. Coming up next, the big stories of the day in Rush Hour Reboot Forum with Sarah Cazell. Typically in Murata Mornings, 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. 98.7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station. Rush Hour Reboot. Rush Hour Reboot. Getting you up to speed on everything happening in sports this morning. Brought to you by Brooklyn Betting. Arizona built for America's dreams. Good morning, everyone. Happy Tuesday. Happy Mustache Not a Mustache Tuesday. That's what gets me through my Tuesdays. Is that what it is? It Honestly, it is. When I wake up on Tuesdays, I'm like, we get to do Mustache Not a Mustache. Uh, that'll be in a couple hours, two hours to be exact. But first, we have the Rush Hour Reboot, where we take you through the top stories of the day every single day. And I am Sarah Cazell doing that with Dan Bickley. Hey. Vince Murata. Hello. Miami calling. Wait, what's that from? Who's that? I have no idea. Yeah. I found it in uh, a drop folder. Oh, yes. What is that from? <laughs> it, it was it was some like German call of like a touchdown or something that the Dolphins did. Oh, okay. Huh. Yeah, I just did a quick that's Google. I'm finding nothing. 2018, that's from. Oh. Mm. Well, thank you for that. And Jarrett Carlin. That's me, Wolf. It's <laughs> one of my favorite things. Oh, tremendous. All right, let's uh speaking of Rod Wolfley, uh Cliff Kingsbury, the Cardinals head coach, spoke with Wolf and Luke yesterday, as he always does the day after a Cardinals game, recapping Sunday's loss to the Rams twenty to twelve at State Farm Stadium. And I think it's fair to say that was another puzzling start, puzzling performance as a whole uh, by the Cardinals. Kingsbury said though, he's ready to move forward and focus on their week four opponent, the Panthers, on the road. I'm on to Carolina. I know what we've been through uh, to this point and, and where it can go. And if we can get it two and two uh, in the first month, um, despite everything we've had going on, I think it, it'd be put us in a good spot. And we want to get better in a hurry. And Carolina's had our numbers. It's going to be a tough game. We understand that. But that, that's our focus is just continuing to improve. And like I said, trying to uh, play a game where we're not chasing the entire time. Very Belichickian. We're on to Carolina. Yeah, yeah. about that, right? So he mentions in there, we'll be in great shape if we manage to go two and two in the first month of the season. They're one and two right now. Uh, We have been saying on this show for months now, really since the news of DeAndre Hopkins' suspension, that the Cardinals would be in great shape if they could get out of his six-week suspension three and three. After what you guys have seen in the first three weeks of the season, do you think that is still possible, three and three? They've got... I I do. At Carolina, hosting the Eagles, who all of a sudden are very good, and then they're at Seattle, who are not the doormat that we thought no. they were supposed to be. No, but the team obviously functions much better on the road. The the Panthers and the Seahawks, while those are not going to be easy games, and the Cardinals could very easily lose them if they don't get their act together, they're also very winnable games. So uh, that, that to me, I think Cliff Kingsbury uh, is right in that assessment, that for all the stuff that they've dealt with
with so far. They can get to two and two, and if they can get to two and two, they can get to three and three. And then I think you're in decent position when DeAndre Hyde. Not great, but you're in decent position. You have not played yourself out of the tournament at that point in time. I don't believe that it's still possible. No. I just, I, I can't, based on what I've seen through the totality of three games, even including a win, they've been outplayed badly uh, for most of those three games, in, in my opinion. And I just, until I see something uh, resembling, uh, you know, a, a, a business-like start to a football game, I, I don't feel good about it. Okay, so you don't think they're going to win any of those next three games at th- Carolina, hosting the Eagles at Seattle? I think they'll win one of the three. One of the three. Yes. But I don't think it's going to be Sunday. Okay. That's fair. And it's probably yeah, and not going to be. And I think Vinny's right about that. I'm just, I, it, I'm, I'm not disagreeing with Vinny because I, I do think that, it, that this football team has obviously got some issues, and, and I'm not real confident that this offense has anywhere to go, any new wrinkles, any new surprises, any adjustments. Yeah. Uh, and if that's the case, and they've been figured out, then we're in for a long, long year. Even predating Cliff Kingsbury, the Cardinals have lost six straight games to the Carolina. Atlanta Panthers going Ooh. back to, to the uh, NFC Championship game in 2015. Wow. And you heard it from Kingsbury himself or Actually, yesterday. The, the year before the playoff game. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, sorry. Oh, yeah, that, that math checks out. You heard it from Kingsbury, though, yesterday saying, we're, we're trying to figure out what happened. Like, even he doesn't know how to pinpoint what to fix yet. So, uh, yeah, that's a totally fair assessment right. from you guys. All right, let's move on to the Phoenix Suns. Training camp begins today. Their first preseason game is this coming Sunday. Against the Adelaide 36ers out of Australia. The Suns held media day yesterday and probably, not probably, definitely the most circulated clip to come out of the day was this exchange between DeAndre Ayton and Dwayne Rankin of the Arizona Republic. What was your initial reaction once the Suns matched the Pacers off? I was happy. It was all done, I guess. That's it? Yep. Okay. <laughs> I love how he goes. I love okay. Dwayne Rankin. <laughs> yeah, Dwayne is love great. Love that guy. Uh, Dwayne is great. Okay, so you already broke down uh, a couple segments ago your reaction to the demeanor. You know, there's a lot of discourse around the demeanor right now. DA continued. Wait, no, no weight, no pressure. Just try to do the best I can to do what my task is. And, you know, um, I let the, let the rest take place. You know, I just trust my team and do what they have to do um, and put me in a situation where I am now. Okay, so is this a more serious DA? Is this a more subdued DA? We will let you at home decide, as you two have already dived into that topic pretty pretty deeply. Let's look back at the last year, the way that the Suns and DeAndre Ayton have kind of interacted with each other. Around this time in October of last year, they opted not to give him the max. Uh, there was the it's internal moment from Monty Williams after yes. their courtside scuffle uh, in Game 7 against the Mavs. And then ultimately, they do bring him back. They match the Pacers offer sheet when there were reports that Aiton did not want to be here anymore. Of those options or beyond, what was the Suns' biggest mistake in how they have handled DA as a member of the team? Yeah, that's... Uh, uh, I've said repeatedly, I think it's 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 floating him at trade deadline regardless of how serious they were. That, that I think, is one of the real unspoken 
rifts that 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 fractured this basketball team. I will say this: and listening to, to DeAndre Ayton's cut, the last one you just played, I, I'm going to take solace in the fact that he still sounds like he's in a good place with his teammates. Mm-hmm. And, and because I think if I were D, I'd wonder about that too. I'd wonder: Do you guys really want me here, or yeah. or do you really want that Kevin Durant dude? Exactly, who am I to you? Mm-hmm. And and to hear him at least draw a line there and 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 say I still trust these guys. That's a good thing. Sure. Uh, I think to go back to the question, the biggest mistake was, and I'm saying this as a DA guy. I'm a supporter of him. I have been since day one. I still believe in the guy. But based on what happened this past summer, not giving DeAndre Ayton the extension last summer after the exit from from the NBA Finals proved to be um, you know detrimental to what they wanted to do this offseason. Exactly. Mm-hmm. It, 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 indeed. It, they, it they was, dragged it their feet on that. Yeah. Right. Yes. That's Absolutely. a good point, too. Yeah. All right. Speaking of that Game 7 collapse uh, that I mentioned against the Mavs last season, Chris Paul was asked at Media Day yesterday if he regrets anything or learned anything about how that whole situation unfolded. Not really. Honestly. Um... I haven't thought about it too much. At some point, I'll probably um, get back to, like, watching the the film, maybe watching it, maybe not, you know what I mean? But uh, I hate to keep saying the same thing over and over, but for me, this summer, it was, like, putting that time in with, 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 with my family. Your thoughts on that response? I think that uh, Chris Paul has made it very clear he's keeping the window shut on the events that happened in that Dallas series, pri- primarily his illness and what that all meant and all that. I-, I think those are deep, guarded secrets that will never see the light of day. That's I think, what I think. I think Bick's right, and I also think that you know, Chris Paul, at this point of his career, at age 30, is it 37 now? Yep. Um how much? How much can you learn? He's he's experienced yeah, playoff true. disappointment in every possible way. Uh, I, 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 yeah, he just strikes me as a guy that doesn't like to dwell on it because it's such a, a pervasive narrative yes. outside of what he says anyway. So why even pay any mind to it? Yeah, uh, it, it, it it will go down in history as one of the most baffling runs of bad luck that any any athlete has ever. If there's gone any through. justice, he will get a championship. <laughs> and yes, he has thirty seven. And remember, he had his birthday yeah. in the middle of that final series, and we were like, what yes. just happened? He, he deserves a championship. He, I mean, he really does. And, and I'm not just saying that because he plays in Phoenix now. It, he does not deserve that label that's awaiting him if if yes. he doesn't get there. Yeah, totally I agree. Thank you, Sarah. We're all rebooting. Thank you, Sarah. Te- yeah, you are. Text FAN to 620-620 for your chance to become the Redbird Farms Chicken Fan of the Game. One lucky winner will win two tickets to an upcoming Arizona Cardinals home game and be featured on the Jumbotron. That's a FAN, F-A-N, to 620-620. Coming up next, more on Suns Media Day and the mood surrounding it. Uh, we'll talk to a guy who was there. Mark J. Spears from ESPN and Anscape joins us straight ahead here on Bickley and Murata Mornings, 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. And Murata. Dan Bickley and Vince Murata. Bickley and Murata Mornings. 98.7 FM. Arizona's Sports Station. Yeah, Phoenix Suns begin training camp today in preparation of the 2022-23 season. They had media day yesterday. There was certainly a mood around that media day. And uh, joining us now is a man who was uh, right in the middle of that mood from ESPN and Anscape. Mark J. Spears joins us here on the Arizona Sports Line. Good morning, Mark. How are you? 
Oh, man, living dreams. <laughs> More on that mood yesterday. You were right in the middle of it. And look, you expected there to be a lot of heavy issues to be dealt with at Suns Media Day. Painful exit from the playoffs, an owner who's selling the team, a starter that doesn't want to be there anymore. I mean, how do you sum up all of it? You know, what? I, I think everything was a side note to Sarver. Um, I, I'm sure they would have just preferred to deal with the other stuff. And um, I'm guessing after yesterday, they're just going to deal with the other stuff. It was, um, you know, kind of a dour day. Usually media days are energetic, fun, and exciting. I don't care if your team's a championship cowboy, they're trash. <laughs> right. <laughs> There's usually an excitement there. But I, I think with each person that walked up, especially, you know, Monty and James and, and the three stars, you're, you're, well, the four stars, you're probably walking up there like, all right, am I ready? Am I going to say the right thing? A lot of nervousness, yeah. you know. And so understandably so. This is a nightmarish situation. It's not over yet. Um what perhaps made it a little bit easier is that it's public that he's going to sell the team, but to try to put in perspective what happened, the pain it caused in greater Phoenix, the organization, the people that work there, like, you know, God bless them for, for doing the best they could to try to try to explain that. Uh, especially since the basketball team has taken a little bit of criticism for not speaking out in real time when the Baxter Holmes story first dropped, I think, to a man. Uh, they expressed views that, well, that's not the Robert Sarver I know. Given all of that, do you think that they that they said all the right things yesterday? Yeah, I, I think they were actually, from a PR standpoint, probably pretty smart. You know, if they were in, uh, I think Chris Paul said yesterday, it, and I, I, you know, I could have been taken out of context, but he described this uh, Starling, Star, oh, 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 Donald Sterling situation being different than Sarver. And I think what he meant by that was, you know, Sterling happened when the season was going on, whereas Sarver happened when they were out of season, or at least the report came out when they were out of season. So they didn't have to address it. They weren't around. They're still on there, like, off season. And then it also gave them more time to prepare for media day. Um, so I, I think in terms of you know, responding to it, it gave everybody a chance to kind of collect their thoughts, to practice. So, yeah, I, I don't think anybody had any, you know, missteps. I thought everybody was – Focus, Monty, uh, the, Dwayne Rankin is doing an amazing job covering the Suns out there. You know, he, he tried to come in like light. <laughs> like, hey, Monty, how was your summer? And he's like, all right, what's the segue? Like, Monty was ready to go. <laughs> like, Monty was ready to talk about it, man. Like, hey, oh, yeah, by the way, yeah, I fished and it was dope. You know, I saw my family a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But let's get, let's get to the elephant in the room. So I, I do think for those media people, they go to practice today. The mood will be a lot lighter. Um, it, it will probably feel better. Uh, and I'm sure they're not going to say much about it until 
Sarver actually failed the team. Yeah. Mark J. Spears from ESPN and Anscape, our guest here on the Arizona Sports Line. Uh, another mood type uh, question. Uh, the, the mood around DeAndre Ayton, who this offseason, yeah. he got his max deal. It was not the smoothest way to get there. He had to go to restricted free yeah. agency and get an offer sheet. But he's normally a pretty happy, chipper guy, and he was the opposite of that yesterday. What, what did you make of that? Do you think that was just maybe disdain for, for media treatment that he got this summer after the playoff exit? You know what, that's, that's a good question because I did talk to him after he got the deal. Um, I'm sure there's a little and, – and you know what, you could probably answer that question better than me because I wasn't reading what they were saying locally every day. But I, I do know that the fact that you lose the year of your contract probably was a little bothersome, mm-hmm. right? Um, that you had to go through this process of signing with the Pacers. And, you know, he's a proud guy, sensitive guy, so – I mean, that fifth year is a lot of money. <laughs> so I, I got the sense from talking to him that he's really going to be businesslike. I don't, I don't think it's going to affect how he plays. or, But I, I think he feels like, all right, this really is a business. It's not just family. and like I, I think that's where perhaps he changed is, he sees the business side, and now he probably will be more business-like as well and realize that at any point he could be traded. At any point, they could make a business decision. So I, hopefully that joyous, fun guy is back, man. I like that dude. Yeah. I like that we dude. We all do. And, yeah. um, but it, it certainly, it, maybe it did change him a little how, how you know, and I, I understand what the Suns were doing, but. I guess we got to respect how he felt about it, too. Jay Crowder has been a very valuable piece to this team um, for most of his stay in Phoenix, and now they're in a real weird limbo where he's not with the team, where they're trying to get a trade put together for him. Miami still needs a power forward. He seems to want to go there. What what do you make of the way this whole thing is going down? I think it's unfortunate for both sides because, you know, I'm wondering, like, well, did they say something to him about his role? going into camp that he didn't like, like this is something that probably should have been handled like um, before draft night, right? You know, maybe, maybe there could have been something then. You had months and months and months to trade him. So suddenly there's a unhappiness and a want out right when you're about to start camp. Like what, what happened? What changed? Why? You know, it's, I've, you, n- you never heard like last time I could think about this, something like this was Steven Jackson, like, in 2009, wanting out from the Warriors mm-hmm. and mentioned it during camp. Like, it, it, this isn't typical. It's a weird situation. And at this point, too, like, the GMs of every team are kind of, like, proud of the team they have. They don't usually make changes until, like, January. So it's a tough position for the franchise to be in. I mean, yes, he's a talented player, but when's the last time you saw a trade in October? Yeah, yeah right. It, it, it happens here and there, right? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think wasn't Westbrook traded like in October? But it's it doesn't happen too often. I mean, we could probably count on one hand how many trades were made in October, and we're not even in October yet, or September for that matter over the last 10 years. Yeah. Uh, Mark J. Spears from ESPN and Anscape, our guest. Uh, before we let you go, uh, look, 
People usually judge the future. And I got a couple more minutes, man. I'm just sipping my coffee. I'm good. Okay. Good. <laughs> uh, yeah, there seems to be this belief, and I don't think it's accurate. It's good coffee, too, by the way. I make it myself. I grind my own beans. I don't have to go to Starbucks. I go to Mark Bucks. You know, Mark, Bucks. Bucks. Mark Bucks. <laughs> You're taking that seriously. Or I, I, I call like it Mark. Bucks. Yeah. I make it myself. Um, with the way the Suns bowed out of the playoffs last year, year, uh, you know, going down in game six and the disaster in game seven against Dallas, there seems to be an assumption, I don't think it's fair, that okay, the Suns are done, their time at the top of the Western Conference is done. Now, I will say, going back with largely the same roster is pretty interesting, and with all the improvement we're seeing in Western Conference teams, and I know it's early, Mark, but how do you sum up the Suns and their pecking order in the Western Conference going into this year? Oh, man, I ain't counting them out. No, no, no. Uh Uh-uh. (laughs) <laughs> nah, man. They're a problem. They're, they're, because they've tasted what it's like to go to the final, and then now you respect it even more because you came really short. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm expecting them to come out angry, and they're, they're certainly capable of being back, and I think everybody knows that in the NBA. But, um... To me, if, if you don't think about them in that way, you're, you're, you're kind of sleeping on them. Like, playoffs are about matchup. They they went into the playoffs, and I think perhaps it's not talked about well enough. They weren't playing good at the end of the regular season, and oftentimes the way you play it in, in the regular season is what carries on into the playoffs. So, like, they were much better than that Pelicans team. It shouldn't have been that, that tight. It would be different with Zion, but it shouldn't have been that tight. They just weren't. We're playing well. I think Chris had some some health issues that I don't know if he's really let on how much he had. And so that's always kind of been something that's just been Chris, – Chris's biggest opponent has been injuries, yes. right? Yep. His whole career. And so you need Chris to be healthy. But the one thing, despite maybe some of the tough pill that – DeAndre had to swallow about his contract. Like, everybody's under contract now. So there, there is no contract issue. Um, the Sarver situation hopefully away soon. And they could just focus on basketball. So this is, to me, a very, very dangerous team. I, I, am, I am not sleeping on the Suns in the least. Mark, great stuff as always. Thanks so, so much for coming coffee, on the show. Yeah. Thank you, Mark. <laughs> Have a second cup if you want. Yeah, yeah, no, a little, little, little almond milk, little almond milk. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Mark. We'll talk no soon. No sugar. <laughs> Mark J. Spears, ESPN and Enscape, our guest here on uh, the Arizona Sports Line. Coming up next, the 8 o'clock hour kicks off in a big way with the Bickley Blast. It's Bickley and Murata Mornings, 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station.